ready. Welcome to episode 36 of the Go Get Em Agility podcast. My name is Margaret, and I'm with my daughter, Emma Hughes. Hi. Hi, Emma. Uh, what are we talking about today? Um, online versus in-person classes, seminars, and so on. Yeah, training. Yeah. Yeah, not seminars. You can have an online seminar, can't you? Oh, I guess you... It's like videoed or something. I okay, don't know. yeah, I guess you can have a webinar. Oh, yes, that would be a... Yeah. Yeah, so webinar versus an in-person seminar. Right. <laughs> online training versus in-person training. Yeah. Okay. I uh, so first off, I like to do both. Me too. That's me personally. Uh, my favorite, though, if I was to give anybody uh, my opinion, <laughs> that's what the podcast is: is our opinion. <laughs> that's all we do. <laughs> <laughs> and you are uh, <laughs> you are will to disagree with our opinion and write us a review. <laughs> yes, you are. As some people have. All right. I still stand by everything we've said. <laughs> um, so uh, my personal opinion is I like in-person training classes first. First yeah, and foremost. But I think that there is a really good uh, use of online stuff, especially when you want to take your training deeper than a class can allow. So sometimes it's not even so much that an instructor doesn't have what you want, that there's a restriction of time in a class to give you all the information that you want in a timely fashion. That's not going to take months, right? So you can see an online class allows you to get a picture further down the road than what you actually may be training currently. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I like online classes as well. Um, I've only ever done one, I think, extensively. But I found that the um, person that I'd gone to, she was able to write really, really long and detailed um, things about the videos that I had sent in. And I think that it was a lot more in-depth um, online because she was able to sit down and think about it because I wasn't just there staring at her um, uh, instead of like if I'd done a in-person class. Because I know that when I have done training, um, not a lot, but when I have trained other people, I'll say things and then I'll go back, you know, an hour later inside. I'm like, oh, I should have told them this as well. I think the advantage of doing in-person versus online is especially if you have a coach that you really respect and has helped you for some time is that in-person visual is an instant change this, try this, do this. And you get instant feedback on something that may be a handling issue, or there's a, a really good ability to see, is it a dog training issue issue? So when I'm doing in-person classes, sometimes there's a question, is this a handling problem or is this a dog training problem? And because in general, I've got people coming to me over and over and over again, I can say in the moment, I know your dog has that ability, therefore it's a handling problem. Or 
we can try something slightly different to verify, yes, it's handler, no, it's dog training problem. And online, you don't have that extensive understanding as an online instructor. And so you would have to give all that information to the instructor for them to be able to deduce, is this um, handling or is this dog training? I agree very much with that. Um, I was actually going to <laughs> interrupt you to say that, so I'm glad that I didn't. Um, I remember when I did online um, training, I was the student, and uh, I would say, I think this is what is going wrong. And I don't know if that was helpful for the instructor or not, but I felt like that there was a little bit of a misstep or disconnect in which I wanted to clarify that um, you know, something was my fault instead of the dogs. And I knew that and I wanted to really express that. Um, and I think I'm bouncing off of that and rambling again. I think that if you are in an in-person class, especially if you're in a group class specifically, you can watch your people, the people around you go as well. And if the same mistake keeps happening with different people, um, it's really then nice to see that, that is something that doesn't just happen to you. It is something that happens to everybody. Um, and it's good to see that to keep morale up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've been in, I've been in a number of online, I've been in, and I've been in a couple of year long, um, classes uh, with Daisy Peel. So the agility challenge, I've joined that a couple of times. I'm currently in it right now, which has been great with Eli. Um, and then I have been in a number of like Facebook group where it runs for 12 weeks or something. Um, and it's one specific subject. So I've done um, a teeter with Anna Hines. I did her um, in and yo, in and yo. I believe is what she calls them. So, I in think and so in. that's a jump then, uh, discriminations and such, right? Yeah, a jump discrimination within and wraps. Yeah, uh, inside wraps. Okay. So backside wraps yeah. uh, and then in and ins uh, or threadles, right? So also called threadles. Um, I have done at least one shape up with their uh, uh, running contacts. And then I've done webinars. Um, one with Tracy Skelner's webinar with uh, reactivity or not reactivity, but that's why I'm, I'm doing it is for the brain games. Um, so, and that's been over, I, I would say, well, my first one was like 2018. So I've been doing them for so quite five, recently then. No, 25 years. That's five years ago. Yeah, well, and I guess, yeah, it wasn't really a thing before that, was it? Um, well, yeah, they're just different. well in comparison that like agility classes have been around since agility started. I think right? that they've I think that they've been around for a while, but the vast amount of trainers that have gotten involved in them has mm -hmm. skyrocketed, right? Especially so since be, COVID. Yeah, it used to be handling three hundred and sixty with Susan Garrett, and Daisy Peel was right after her uh, that I know of. Right, that, mm -hmm. that were yeah the U.S. and I wasn't and paying attention, like Canada stuff and I, I wasn't paying much attention to European online stuff because it was in a different language so I didn't bother right to look that up um, and Anna is one of the first to translate it well maybe not one of the first but she's translated a lot of her stuff over to English and so then it's 
accessible uh, to me. Um, the biggest downside that I have with online training is that I don't always stick with it. So, oh, really? Yeah. So I'll get going, I'll get going, and then life will happen and I'll get behind by a couple of weeks and then I won't get, 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 get back up going again. Like mm-hmm. I get so far behind in the training. So the, the main one is the year long one. So, and the doing monthly drills. So you'd set up monthly drills, you video them, and then you send them back in for, for review. And I would get behind and then I just wouldn't get back into it. And I try and get back into it and I just didn't. So, and, and same thing happened with another one of Anna Hines is it was a monthly thing and, and I was auditing that one and I just kind of lost track and it was on my phone. That was a bad one. I did not, the, the point of it being on your phone or your tablet, I only had a phone, was that you could take it out into the field with you and have all of the information right there at your fingertips while you're on the agility field. And I like the idea of that, but the execution of it did not work for me. And so I ended up not liking it on my phone. I couldn't see it very well. I wanted to go back and view it on my bigger computer screen. It was a whole online phone thing and it just didn't work out for me. So the platform was more what I didn't like. I loved the information, right? But the the way that I was learning it on the platform on my phone wasn't working. That was a downside, but you don't really know that until you buy it and get into it, right? Right. And my, um, you know, somebody else might think that that's the most amazing thing ever, right? So it's right. it's really subjective. It really is. I've only ever done one online class that I can think of, and it was Jordan Biggs's running contacts class back in the beginning of COVID. I think it was late 2020. Um, And it was brilliant. I loved it. I loved how detailed she was. I loved that I could go back and read her information um, and see and apply, keep applying stuff that I'd learned in week one that I could read about and, you know, do it in week five, week six. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm trying to think. I don't really remember exactly, you know, how it ran just because I just didn't really think I'd be doing a podcast review on it. It was a Facebook Um, group though, right? No, it was, oh my goodness. It was a website that linked to her Vimeo. And so it was private, but only we could view it. Oh. And if I remember correctly, she might've changed it as well since then. And you could also see other people's things as well. Um, I think if you wanted to, um, and I didn't really, I should have done that, but I didn't, I didn't look at my classmates, what they were doing, what they were up to. And I should have, um, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I, but like I said, that's the only one I've ever done. And I really enjoyed it because Jordan would get these really long um, pieces of advice and reasoning. And she was very methodical in the way that she presented it to me. And I loved that. I thought that that was amazing. And I would ask questions and she would respond really quickly. Um, And so I thought that she was very good at it. Um, But that is the only one that I've ever done of hers and ever. Okay. And you are a full participant in that. I was, yes. You got to submit videos. Yes. And I actually did two 
rounds of it. I did the puppy um, beginning stage of just like feet awareness and such. And then I did the second stage of actually applying it to a running contact. Okay. Uh, to a board, you know. Okay. Uh, so I'm auditing uh, shape ups, but I'm a full participant in Daisy Peels. And what I like about having both uh, um, access to both information is one, I like to watch how things change, how how different instructors kind of take very, very similar ideas and make them their own. And so I like that. And I'm kind of taking a little bit from both. Um, I've and then I've watched you um, run, do, go through Jordan Biggs. And so um, I like to have all three of those and kind of mash them together. I am by far not an expert in running contacts, um, but I really like the idea of experimenting a little bit with Eli and figuring out where it works. Um, I've yet to submit any information to um to the agility challenge yet about his running contacts, but I'm I've asked questions, and I like the the ability to ask questions and read everybody else's comments. And then one thing that I did with 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 watching other people that are also part of the programs, either Shape Up or uh, the Agility Challenge, is I like to go on and find a dog that. I've and and a handler that I feel is similar to my dog currently. So I'll watch a whole host of different dogs, but then if I want to get the nitty-gritty on somebody or or on for my training, I go and try and pair myself up with somebody else um, so that I can get a, a gist or a feel for what they're doing and the sim use those similarities to help my own training. So the speed of the dog, the height of the dog, um, and the the outcome that I want, if I'm seeing that same outcome on another team, then I'll I'll follow them. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, I don't think I ever did that, which um, was probably a mistake on my part, but also I was 17. So <laughs> I can't really blame myself uh, too much there. Yeah. Um, but so let's, I let's, really enjoyed it. So let's go back to, um, let's go back to in-person training. I think in-person training is extremely valuable. I think that while I love some of the online stuff that I've seen, and I love that people have, have offered their information for the world to see, essentially, I really feel that a lot of the trainers that have gone online because it takes so much time and because it's so much effort to put the whole thing together, a lot of them have stopped in-person training. And that's a little disappointing to me because in one respect, they're meeting a huge amount of people that they would never have the ability to to touch. But at the same time, at the grassroots level, we're leaving people without the ability for weekly classes with good instructors, <laughs> right? And so I, I see why people do it, but I'm also 
wishing that online wasn't quite as prevalent as in-person training was or, or is. Because uh, I really think that in our area anyway, I know that we could use a couple more good agility trainers in our area. And we have quite a number of agility. We have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And classes are full. So yeah. I, I, I really miss some of our instructors that have gone online only in our area. Yeah. I, th I have two things um, that I wanted to say about in-person classes. One, I don't, this is an opinion uh take this as you will one i don't think that online is great for beginners um just because you don't have access to the equipment and you don't have the knowledge the schema if you will um to know how to fix problems if your instructor you know writes back to you in a certain way or whatever um and then number two which i think is a bigger uh fish to fry is i think the social aspect of being with your buddies yes. in an uh in uh, uh in-person class it's fine you're like yeah it's you know thursday night agility right maybe you guys go for dinner after who knows i don't i, I know that some of my groups of of class students are friends now and yeah. they and they have bonded and they practice together um, they go to trials together. And so, yeah, it, it, agility is, is an individual sport, but it, there is a huge component of socializing that everybody wants to just, or not everybody, but a good chunk of people, I think, want to belong, right? They want to belong to something. And so while they belong to a class and have that camaraderie, they also want to belong at a trial. And so, having a training buddy and they don't even have to be in your same class but you may have run into them at a, a this a different like specialized class like i offer weed pull classes individual like that's all we do is weed pulls and so i have all of my students come from various classes and come into weave pulls and now they're meeting new people that they will see at trials and I think that that is really beneficial and that is a massive component that you lose online is that in-person camaraderie. Yeah. Not that you can't meet up with people that are online at a trial, but I think that training with them and seeing their dogs run outside of a trial environment is very powerful and beneficial. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Um, and it's also kind of the same. It's like with the COVID years, right? Remember when everybody had meetings and nobody would turn their camera on. And it's the same kind of, not really, um, with online where it's just a little profile picture and they say, this is my dog and this is the video that I took. And you don't really get to see them. I don't think I ever remember seeing a face in online classes, but I came in expecting that. I was really only thinking about myself and the context that I wanted to have. Mm. Um, and so I didn't mind. I thought that was fine. But if you are thinking, oh, maybe I want some friends in this sport. I don't know if online is the way to go about it. Yeah, I certainly think that it's it, it's just a different type of friendship. Yeah. Right? Than, than chatting yeah. in the parking lot after class or before class. Right. So, yeah. Um, online, um, depending on where you live kind of needs you to have equipment readily available, like maybe in your backyard, or you have to plan to go and do this specific 
online thing that you're working on at a, at a place where you can rent out equipment and you have to get in the car. Hopefully it doesn't snow. Uh, right. And all that kind of stuff. And so I was very, very, very lucky that I have a dog walk in my, in your backyard um, that allowed me to do running contact literally every day, literally every single day for six weeks we did running contacts and that's just not feasible if you're working nine to five and you're only available to do things on weekends right and you have to drive you know five miles down the road to get to your agility place right Um, and generally speaking online classes so there's there's handling systems that are out there and and the agility challenge has incorporated courses into their platform and uh, handling 360 with Susan Garrett. I know she does a vast amount of uh, subject matters. I've never done Susan Garrett's, but from what she posts online, um, she does a, a bunch of different little courses that then blend together for your agility experience. But most online classes in general, they're they're specific. So you have a running contact class. You have a front cross, blind cross, rear cross class. You have, mm-hmm. or just a handling class, right? You have yeah, can, yeah. Teeter, teeter training. You have throttle training. Uh, so when you're doing those individual ones, yes, you're doing great amount of dog training to that specific obstacle, but the in-person is going to take it all in, in one class. Yeah, I I have to take it back. My previous statement, I said, oh, you're going to need an agility field. Um, that is really only for contact or not contact, goodness. That is really only for obstacle training, right? Like you could probably train front crosses, rear crosses, blind crosses in your living room, right? Right. Um, but eventually, if you want to do agility, you know, like, uh, you know, trialing and such, you are going to have to translate that into an obstacle course at some point. So, yes, yeah, I wanted to clarify my statement <laughs> as soon as you said it. I was like, wait, you're right. Yeah. And when you're in a group class in general, you are touching on a whole host of different subjects that build on each other. Right. And I think, again, I said this earlier, the biggest benefit to being in person training is the history that your instructor has with you. So one of the hardest uh, um, things for me to do is to take in a handler that has had training prior someplace else and then bring them into the fold into my own classes. Because those first four or five weeks, I'm learning what they do and do not know. And I assume that if they're in, they're coming into my upper level class, I'm assuming that they've had lower level foundation stuff in place. And sometimes they don't. Sometimes they come in and all that they have focused on is the obstacles and the handling really needs to be looked at, right? But but at a prior facility, they were focusing on just doing the jumps, just doing the contacts, not handling in between the obstacles. And I tell you what, there's a ton more effort put in between the obstacles than put on the obstacles. <laughs> I agree. 
you are really more of the expert um, than me. I, I'm, I'm scared of classes, so I don't really do classes anyway, regardless of what they are, what type they are. Um, but I know that you have done online shenanigans really before Eli, um, well you, into the jinx years. Um, you mean me as a student? Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but, oh, yeah much... Have you considered online stuff as a trainer? I can't believe I don't know this. Um, no. Well, I've I've toyed with the idea, but the furthest I've gone is just doing my YouTube videos, and that's really Which, more for yeah. myself, right? I'm, I, some of them I put them up there for my students, but the currently over the last year, the fifty-two weeks of uh, puppy Eli has been literally a diary chronicle of my training with him. Really, the reason that I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, you have to stop using this reason. I know what you're going to say. And it makes me sad every time you say it. Okay, I, I don't it. like it. Well, I want you to have, I want you to, have, I won't post this, but I want. Yeah, you should, you should <laughs> let them know. <laughs> all right. So the reason that I'm doing all this, the, the whole reason that I've chronicled Eli's training is for you. Is oh my god! I wanted because I know that that we haven't always been together when I've when we've done foundation stuff, right? But I wanted you to know if I if I have another heart attack. Oh my god! <laughs> Stop referencing that. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I wanted you to know what I've done. And right. So you have all the raw footage on my computer if you ever want it. <laughs> but I've condensed it. I've taken out <laughs> all password. the What's gonna happen then? <laughs> I've, I've taken out all the uh all the walking from the beginning to the end, right? Or from the <laughs> from the you know, back to the setup point. Right. Uh, taken out all the toy play that I do in between or most of it. Um I I've left in all my mistakes though. So mm. all of that is in there. But if you want to watch me setting up and walking around and yeah, I will. Sometimes, sometimes I have where I'm like, okay, where do I want to be? So all that raw footage is in there. And sometimes mm -hmm. I talk to the camera prior to the training. So you get an idea of why I'm doing something and what I'm doing, but not, not yeah. too much, not too much. Yeah. So I, I don't so know that, as far as me doing online stuff, I have, I've done little uh, right. some, uh, uh, online stuff for my students, you know, Q and A's and that sort of thing, but no, I have not. And I've offered trick training online when we are in the COVID years. Um, but no, I, I don't have plans to do an online platform. My in-person takes up enough of my time. <laughs> and I really like in-person. I think that in-person is where it's at. I think that if you want to affect agility, local agility, and bring more people into local agility, then online doesn't compare to in-person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know one more last point I had about online is that, and this is true for everything um, from jobs to school, um, is when you um, maybe, you know, post something online for your little online class, right? 
uh, as a student and your instructor gets back to you, maybe you don't read it until like seven at night, right? So then you respond and now, and then your instructor's looking at this at like eight o'clock at night, right? It's dark outside and they're like, oh, now I have to explain things. And I'm not saying that instructors, you know, um, don't know how to manage their time or you don't know how to manage your time. I'm saying that everything is so accessible now online that, you know, everybody can reach you at all hours of the night and day. And sometimes it's good just to think, okay, um, Dot, my dog, um, we're done and we're not going to go back outside. Um, even, you know, when you're, my point being, if you're in a class, it's for one hour and one hour only, then we end and your dog doesn't have to think about agility for the rest of the day, which is good <laughs> because agility is draining and agility is tiring yeah. and agility is hard. And so if you're going back and forth and back and forth, outside, inside, outside, inside, it can get hard on the dog and you and the instructor. Um, and you might not have the results that you're looking for because you're always doing something. Yeah, the lag time between doing it and feedback sometimes is a little too much for online stuff. That's true. Yeah. So I just want to touch on real quick, though, the difference between an in-person seminar and an online webinar. So they're supposed to be, you know, information heavy. And I think that in-person seminars by far outweigh online seminars. Because if you're going to in-person to somebody else, again, there's that instant feedback. Now, same thing applies though. They don't have the background. They don't have the history. So they don't know if it's a dog training problem or a handling problem, but in person, they will very quickly offer up a, a little sequence or a setup that actually will help to reveal that. Like, oh, you obviously have not trained this because they'll give you a try or two. And then they'll say, right, your dog obviously doesn't know this skill. And they'll, they'll help either train, you know, help you learn how to train that, or they'll take it back a step and say, okay, well, let's try it this way then, right? And so there's always different ways to scramble an egg and we end up with scrambled eggs, but how we get to those scrambled eggs, what ingredients we put in to change the flavor of it matters and an in-person seminar instructor can help immediately. And I also think that you really get a flavor for different personalities that fall flat online, right? You can't feel the frustration of an online instructor or the exhilaration of an in-person instructor. I think that both of those dynamics are so powerful that they really can add to the depth of knowledge that you can gain in a couple of hours. Yeah. And, and your dog is outside of your yard in a different field on different equipment with other different dogs, which is more realistic of a trial environment than online ever will be right. Mm, you yeah. just cannot mimic online training in a familiar space with familiar equipment to an on to an in-person a seminar that is pushing you to yeah. go to a new location. Mm -hmm. So my personal preference in person first, in person supplemented with uh, some online stuff. Yeah. And then in person seminars supplemented ah, with yeah. online seminars or webinars. Um, 
And let's not forget about the good old book, right? <laughs> the only thing, the only thing with the book. So I picked up, I picked up this book by um it's uh, called Agility Training Workbook, and it's a step-by-step -step motivational approach, including the clothier natural jump method. And it was written in 89, revised in 90, and then has a fourth printing of 1991. So 1991 is uh, the basic um, principle of this. And while I know the Susan Clothier jumping method and all the variations of it, and I think that it still stand, it still holds a lot of good water today. Um, the beginning part of it, the agility training workbook is so outdated. Oh my gosh, it is so outdated. So I just have to read you one little section on the A-frame. So this was, so this is the A-frame. Where'd it go? Oh, I lost it. I lost it. I lost it. Here it is. All right. So the training sequence is number one, it's on leash. Right then and there, I'm like, Ugh. I'm not a huge fan of on leash. I, I, I'll do it every once in a while, but man, I'm not a fan of it. But the other thing is that they stop them at the top of the apex for a count of three seconds before they bring them down. How outdated is that? Well, what's the reasoning behind that? To uh, gather their bearings or something? I I think it's, um, I don't know. So it says here, A-frame is at 54 inches. It's on leash. You're using ring gates to help form a chute to get onto the A-frame. Um, and oh, you goodness. have a spotter. So you add oh, weight command at the apex, hold for a count of three, Praise and release, repeat three times, work on left side, work on right side. Interesting. So that's why it's at the apex. Yeah. I don't know because they don't they don't even talk about the contact part of it. Uh what year was this book published? Uh last printing was 91. Well, okay. at least the copy that I have is 91. Right. Okay. So it's not until sequence eight that you allow the dog to increase speed approaching and going over the obstacle be sure all contact zones are touched and they and so at point eight you eliminate weight at the apex so they teach the weight and then they take it away so i guess they're just slowing the dog down maybe yeah it has to be for a count of three i don't know <laughs> and I'm sure the re and I haven't read it in depth because I only picked it up because it was free. Um, but yeah, so books. I think that books are um books are good. Videos are good as well. Um, and I don't just mean your videos. I mean, um, it was it Susan Garrett. I, I love I'm wrong. Who wrote a book, and then she has a little DVD at the end of it. Yeah. Um, a lot of them do that. I just picked up mm -hmm. Daisy Daisy Peel's uh blind yeah. blind crosses when she was a kid she was a kid when she did it oh not that she's not a kid still in my opinion but um yeah so yeah a lot of old information out there so it is tough sometimes to sift through what's relative yeah. today because agility has changed so very much in right. 20 years so some of the the jumping style books are great and then others are like oh, oh what is that we're talking about we don't do yeah. that anymore um, yeah. But, you know, learning how to sift through online stuff, I guess my recommendation is if you have 
an instructor, your instructor may be able to direct you to online mm -hmm. stuff that they like or that mesh yeah. well with their style um, or your friends, your, your yeah. buddies that you are watching. You can also watch people uh, at trials, get a feel for what they're doing and then friend them on Facebook yeah. and see if, you know, what they're doing, ask them. Yeah. What trusted doing. Facebook. Yeah. If they're doing anything other than um, in-person training. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things for, for most people to learn is that your very first dog that you ever do agility with, we refer to them as your novice A dog. And you learn a lot with your novice A dog and some novice A dogs teach us a ton. Others are really easy. So they don't quite teach us um, all the intricacies that agility can be, but it's your second dog, your novice B dog. So every dog after your first agility dog is called your novice B dog. So I've had five, four, four or five novice B dogs. And I've had one, you'll, you'll only ever have one novice A dog. And it's the second third, fourth, fifth dog, where you really start to learn about agility and all that you can do with it and take your training to the next level. So if you're in your novice A dog, have fun. Don't fret too much about online stuff and getting it perfect. Just make sure your dog is confident and having absolutely lots of cookies at the end of every sequence. Yes. Or very exciting, very positive. So anything else? No, I know it's pretty good. All right, the pros for in person instant feedback from your instructor, the ability to retry it with that new information. The pro for online is the diversity of people, the wealth of information that's out there. The pro for seminars, in person seminars, is the ability to go to a new location with new equipment, new instructor, new people, new dogs. And the online for webinars is just the vast amount of information, again, that you can connect with people across the world that are experimenting and doing new stuff uh, to benefit our agility dogs. Yeah. Anything else? No, I'm good. Okay. Cool. Thanks, Abby. <laughs> Happy training. Woof, woof. Yeah, I love you. Bye-bye. Love you too. <laughs> Welcome to fall. Yeah. Exciting. All right. I love you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.